Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. Now here is Pastor Scott Bloyer. Okay, so honestly, how many of you forgot to set your clock forward? Okay, there we go. I'm proud of you. Thank you for those of you that put your hands up. The rest, sinners. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Someone's like, I'm leaving. He's mean. You have yet to hear what I have to say this morning. Hey, this morning, um, we are continuing in our series called Man vs. Wild. And um, last week, we took a, a look at a guy by the name of Beniah. Beniah was one of David's mighty men. And Beniah, um, he, he made a choice within the surroundings of his life. He made a choice to chase a lion down into a pit and fight it. Now, I, I want to remind you again, if you look at this story, Beniah chased the lion. You... you you, you understand that, right? He, cha- he chased, the, it wasn't the lion chased him in the pit. Benaiah chased the lion in the pit, got in there, it was slippery, it was snowy, and it says he grabbed it and he killed it. Okay, he grabbed it with his hands. He didn't shoot it. He didn't call in an airstrike, okay? He killed it with his bare hands. I mean, we're talking a manly man, right? This is a guy, a man of action, a man of power and strength. Well, you know what? I, wanna, I want you to understand, if you ever watch the TV show Man vs. Wild, he is not going to chase a lion. Okay? In fact, most of the time, he just chases, like, snails. He's like, look, this snail, it got, like, slimy on me, so I'm going to have to eat it. You know, he just, if you've ever seen that show, I love that show, because it, like, grosses me out. And it, it's one of those things where you just, it's kind of like a car wreck where you want to look, but you don't want to look, right? It's the same thing with that TV show. It's like, he goes to soup and gross, and you're just like, I don't, oh, I did watch. There we go, you know? And it's funny, because we watch it during dinner time. <laughs> so, I love watching my wife go, do we really have to do this? Hey, the question I have for you today, though, is this. Does God want men that are going to run or that men that will take a stand? I mean, God wants men to be men. Okay, this this is the thing. As we go through this, I'm going to be unapologetic about it. I am going to talk to men today. Ladies, that does not mean you get to take a nap, okay? That does not also mean your elbows get sharper, Okay? Did you hear what he said? Listen up, sucker. Okay, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? Uh, what I'm saying is follow along because you may have a man in your life that is dying to get out and be a man of God. Uh, you may have a single young man or, or a son that, that is dying to be a man of God and you're not letting him be. See, those are the things that we're, we're going to walk through this morning. Those are the things that we're going to take a look at. Because I really believe that God is looking for men to be men and take a stand. That today I think that there are a couple of things that each and every one of us needs to hear. And I think to start that off, there's a, there's a perfect movie clip to go with this. So I want you to check this out. Best seller. Character. It's a guy just like me. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't even have to act. Just be myself. Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? What is that, man? Spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. 
Okay, there's a couple of things. Now, I, wanna, I know some of you are like, they showed the Godfather in church. Come on. My 16-year-old daughter said, if you're doing a man series, you better show a clip from the Godfather. Because that's like, you know. But I want you to understand, we're not going to watch the Godfather and pull that out of it. What I want you to realize is we're going to listen to Father God about what it means to be a man. Okay? But there are some things in there. He says, act like a man. I love that. I just get giggles. Because he's like, you're going to act like a man. I'm like... How many times have we wanted to do that to certain people? Are you serious? I mean, come on. I, I have two younger brothers. My dad used that movie clip on us a lot. You know, but the thing is, is he goes on and he says, have you spent time with your family? Because you can't be a real man if you don't spend time with your family. See, God has some principles for us to walk away with when it comes to, to being men. See, I think God wants us to know that this movie, although, you know, has its rough place. There are some things that we can walk away with when it comes to being a man. You know, I'm really specific. I'm, guys, if you don't want to hear what's going on, if you don't want to be challenged, I, I, I just want to be honest with you. Go home then. Because, because God wants men that will take a stand. God wants men that are gonna, I mean, look at 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 and 12, okay? It says, next in rank was Shema, son of a G. From Harar. This is another one of David's mighty men. And he says, One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of beans. That's lentils, a field full of beans. And it says, The Israelite army fled. The army runs. But Shema held his ground in the middle of the, bean, uh, of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. I believe that if you look at this story, God saw a man that was about that took a stand, and God said, I'm going to honor that. Because God's the one that made the victory, not Shema. But Shema had to make a choice. Either he was going to run, or he was going to take a stand. Guys, it's time to stop running. It's time to stay, take a stand. It's, it's time for us to be the leaders in our home that God has called us to be. Because I want you to circle in that verse. Right in that verse, it says, Shema held his ground. Circle the word held in your insert. Circle the word. Because that's, we need to hold on to the things around us. We need to fight for the things that are going on around us. We need to be the men that God has called us to be. To be. I want you to understand, God gives you permission to take a stand. God gives you permission to get in the fight. Now some people are like, well, you said fight. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> you know what I want you to understand is God calls men and all of us to put on the full armor of God. It wasn't the silk suit. Just because you show up at church and you wear a suit and tie does not mean you're a man of God. See, it was the full armor. I want us to really look at this. Nehemiah 4.14, I love this. It says, after I looked over things, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Circle the word fight. God wants us to step in and fight. See, at this time, there was an enemy on the outside trying to get in. Nehemiah knew it and he told, he told the men, okay, while you're working, carry a sword. Get ready to fight. Be prepared. I, I know some of you are sitting there going, well, that's not the nice thing to do. I'm not, you know, I'm supposed to be a nice man. No, you're not. You're supposed to be godly. And there's a difference between godly and nice. 
I, I want you to know, I, I've been reading a book. It's actually called No More Christian Nice Guys. Okay? I, and, and it has really helped me. Not that I need to read a book because I think God's Word does a greater job than that than any other book, but it kind of opened up some scriptures to my eye. It really kind of made me walk away. And as I read through this book, I started to unpack that, you know what? I'm not weird. You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> Look at the way you dress. Okay, so, but it's one of those things where I, I grew up liking football. I like lacrosse. That's hockey on grass. You get to hit people with a stick. Yeah. Okay? I like riding a motorcycle. I don't like that there's a state that tells me I have to wear a helmet. That bugs me. Now, many of you are like, oh, but you've got to be safe. Nowhere in the Bible does it say be safe. I have yet to read that where it says, oh, but Jesus said, go be safe. No. It's an adventure. No, I'm not going to be stupid either. I'm not going to ride my motorcycle into a semi and go, Jesus will save. You know? <laughs> I mean, God gave me a brain to think about it through. But, you know, I, I want you to understand, I like those things. I like UFC. I like MMA. I like it. You don't? Don't watch it. But I do. And for the longest time, as a guy that grew up in church, someone that went to church, I felt like I was wrong. I had to go sit and be nice. You know what? The Bible does not say sit. We're going to talk about that next week, a little bit more. We're going to look at John the Baptist. You want to talk about a guy that had a little discussion about being nice? I mean, think about it. We got Paul, too. Paul told Timothy, Timothy 1.8, or 1.18, it says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they give you the confidence to what? Fight well in the Lord's battles. Hey, uh, this morning, guys, I really want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. You know, the word encourage actually means to give courage to. I want to encourage you to be a man of God. I encourage you to be the man that God has called you to be. Because for so many years, I lived with a lie that I wasn't supposed to do that, that I was supposed to be nice. You know, when I played football, um, it was one of those things. I played high school, college. I played semi-pro. You know, at one point in time, someone went to my dad and they said, you know, Mr. Bloyer, we think your son has an aggression problem. My dad's like, he's a boy. He plays football. He's like, it's not touch tag. Gotcha. It's football. You run into people. You tackle them, right? I, I always felt bad. I'd go up to church. I'd show up at church. I'd have, you know, stitches or something like that from playing football. You know, I'd walk in and people were like, oh, that's a violent sport. I'm like, yes, it is. And probably he's keeping me out of jail because I get to play that sport. I want you to understand that God wants you to be a man. God wants you to take a stand and be a man, to be a God, and not to be, not to be worried about what other people think. To worry about what God thinks. I want you to understand that Jesus has given me freedom to be who I am. Not to worry about what other people think. I'll be honest with you. I know some of you may be, oh, they use the Godfather. You know what? I really don't care what you think. I really, if it gets a point across that someone's going to know Jesus quicker, I'm going to use it. Because I think men have figured out that going to church is where you go to be nice and where go, people go to talk about their feelings and share their emotions. And we're going to think. I mean, let's be honest. I, 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 when I was in church and someone said, hold hands with the person next to you, that freaked me out. I really did. I'm like, I don't even want to bump up against the dude, let alone hold his hand. You know, I was like, hey, let's hold it. No. 
I'm good right here, right? I walked into one church, this guy's like, hey, give me a hug. I'm like, no. He's like, well, I just, I'm like, I don't know you. Don't hug me, right? But we have this idea. It's about being nice. It's not. It's about being godly. And so we're going to look at some relationships that God wants us to be godly in. But I have a quote that I want you to walk away with. This quote's from C.S. Lewis, and it really resonated to me. Okay, says this, you can hardly open a periodical without coming across the statement that what our civilization needs is more drive or dynamism or self-sacrifice or creativity. In a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ and demand the function. We make men without chess and expect them to have virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings be fruitful. I mean, think about this. We're, we're asking men to do things, but yet we're not giving the ability or the call to do them. You know, God's got something else in store for us. So as we look at these relationships, let's start with the first one. Let's start with the first one. The first one is this. I want you to take courage in the knowledge that God wants you to be a godly husband. God wants you to be a man of God in the home. He wants you. Now, I'm, I, I want you to understand, I'm going to be talking to different people. I'm going to be talking to single men. I'm going to be talking to single women. I'm going to be talking to married couples. I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving everybody out because I want you to realize that these principles impact all of us. But for us as men, being a godly husband is something that we need to be. We need to be a godly husband. Ecclesiastes 9.9, I love this verse. It says, live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of this life that God has given you in this world. It says, the wife, gives, the, the wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. I want you to understand, gentlemen, the lady that you're with here, if she's your wife, hopefully, (laughs) should be, she's a reward. It should be treated that way. That's my woman. You're a moron if you think that way. Seriously. You don't like what I'm saying? We'll talk afterwards. We can go outside. Let's talk. I like UFC. (laughs) But this is what I want you to understand. She's a reward. Now listen, I've looked at some of you guys, and I've looked at your wives. She's a reward. You looked in the mirror lately? Come on, she's a reward. I look up, I look in the mirror every morning and go, praise God, I married up. <laughs> I know, I look at my wife, she's a reward. She's a godly woman. I love her. She, she loves my kids. She loves me. <laughs> right? Some of you guys need to look in the mirror and go, praise God, I married up. Some of you need to look at that woman and say, I need to be treating her better. I need to be honoring her. I need to be loving her. I need to be sacrificing for her. I want you to realize that just because you can go out with the boys doesn't mean you need to keep going out with the boys at night. Because you come home and you lay down next to your wife. I hope you're not going home and laying down next to the boys. (laughs) That's another subject. You know what I'm saying? But this is the thing. That's who you come home to. If you're a husband, you should be there with your wife. You should love her. You should honor her. You know what the fact is? The fact is two-thirds of all marriages that end in divorce are led up to by the wife. It says that two-thirds of all divorces involving couples with children are initiated by wives. Contrary to what most people believe, it's not because of abuse. That's only 6%. It's because of a general lack of closeness or not feeling loved and appreciated. 
know what that means? That means the man in the home is not being the husband God's called him to be. God has called us to be the man in the home. To love. You know, this goes all the way back to Genesis. You read in the Bible, go all the way back to Genesis. There's a point in time where in the fall of the garden, Eve takes the fruit and she eats it, right? Now if you read in that chapter, she turns and hands it to Adam. I've heard people say, well, wasn't Adam out like naming the animals? No. He was sitting there right next to her, keeping his wimpy mouth shut. He should have said something. Now somebody says, oh, well, that's not right. <laughs> Come on, seriously? We're going to die. I think if my wife's doing something that I'm going to die for, I'm going to say something. No, dear, I love you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> Please, go ahead. No. See, it goes all that we need to be men. God has called us to be men to lead it by example, not by force. That's the difference. Some of us have grown up been told we need to lead by force. No, we need to lead by example. We need to set the pace in our homes. We need to, we need to be the spiritual leaders in our homes. Ladies, sometimes that means you need to let him. Ken and I have talked about this, and he said at one point in time he was in a church where all these women are, I want my husband to be the leader. I want my husband to do this. But when the husband stepped up, they were like, whoa, can't let him do that. Look what it says in Ephesians 5, 25. It says, and you husbands must love your wives with the same love Christ showed the church. He gave up his life for her. That means, guys, sometimes your stuff doesn't matter as much as hers. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, but I, wanna, I have to go out and have to do. You know what? I love to. I love to get on my motorcycle and ride. There are days I just want to go ride for a couple hours. That's my therapy, okay? I go do that. But if I come home and my wife says, I need you to do this, that comes first. That comes first. Why? Because when Christ died for the church, oh, did I say that word? He died for the church. You want to talk about ultimate sacrifice? That's the example we as husbands are, have been given. We are to sacrifice for our wives, for our children. Single men, I want you to understand, you need to find an older man that's doing it well and learn from him. Don't listen to your buddies. Okay? Don't go out with the crowd and go, dude, I heard this guy like say that I need to learn to be a husband. And all your buddies go, oh, no, that guy's a fool. That's why they're single. Okay? That's why they're single. You know, some of you are single. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> we'll get to you some more later. Okay? Single women, if you see a guy that is learning and working at being a godly man, a godly husband, find him. I've heard this statement. It's hard to find them. Yeah, I know. That's why we're talking today. Malachi 2.15 says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? He wants godly children from your union. So guard yourself. Remain loyal. Circle that word loyal to the wife of your youth. Because I think many of us have lost that word that means loyal. We need to be loyal to one another. I, I, I'll really be honest with you. Uh, you can ask my wife. This is the statement that I use. I want to love on her and care for her so much that she doesn't have to look for a, another man to do it because I am the man that's doing it. I love my wife. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm not a real crier kind of person. I don't do that a whole lot. But you get in front of me and my wife, <laughs> you get in between me and my kids, there's going to be some emotions flowing. I'm the guy that watched the Kodak commercial where the little girl stands on the daddy's shoes 
Next thing you know, at the end of the commercial, he's giving away his daughter at the wedding. Dude, I was a balling mess. I'm in the living room. My wife comes in. She's like, you can act like a man, you know. You know, but it is, it, you know, just because you show emotion doesn't mean you're a man. In fact, if you don't, then you don't have courage. Because courage means you love greater. You care more. Men, take courage. God wants you to take a stand. Next thing is this. We need to be the fathers God's called us to be. Psalm 127, 3 and 4 says this. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows in a warrior's hand. I love that. You want to make a difference? You want to fight the battle? Be a dad and care for your kids. That doesn't mean you let your kids go off and do whatever. I know where my kids are at. I know what text messages are going on in the phone. Why? Because I read them. Now some of you are like, oh, that's their privacy. Bull, my house, my rules, my stuff. They don't like it, they can move out. I guarantee you the phone's staying. And they ain't got a job to take it, do they? Now, so that's a little harsh. Yeah, because I love my kids. Look at what it says in Proverbs 27, or uh, where is it? Yeah, Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your children while there is hope. If you don't, you'll ruin their lives. Discipline is not a bad thing. And by the way, guys, I want you to understand that just hitting someone is not abuse. I've, I've seen Christian men that way, do way more damage with their mouth than what they do with their hands. That's, that's both as a husband and as a father. We need to discipline our kids. We need to honor them. You know what? It's estimated that there are 15 million kids living in a home without a father. That bothers me. That bothers me. Not that I don't think, ladies, you aren't doing a great job because I think some of you that are living as a single mother, you have a stinking hard job. And I'm not blaming, you know, the whole relationship. I'm not gonna, but I want you to understand, men are the morons that have given up their job. I can say that, I am one. You don't like it? Too bad. But this is the thing. We need to be godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers. Ephesians 6, 4 says, and, and now you, a word to you fathers... Being specific, don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction improved by the Lord. Dads, love your kids. Love your daughters. I tell dads this all the time. If you don't love your daughter, she's going to find someone who will, and he's going to love her the way you don't want her to be loved. Dads, you don't love your sons, you don't honor your sons, they're going to go off and ask their buddies what it means to be a man, and you don't want that kind of a man in your home. I want you to understand, I want you to be a God of man. I don't want you to be Dr. Phil. Have you ever watched that show? Give me a break. Some of the people on that show, I'm just like, are you serious? They didn't write this out? This is real? But, th but it is, because no one's told them, it's okay to be a man. Take a stand. Follow after what God wants. According to a recent report by the Department of Health and Human Services, human services, fathers play a unique role in the fostering the well-being of their children, not only through providership, protection, and guidance, but also through the way that they nurture the next generation. It's not about just giving them a paycheck. Some of you guys love your job way more than you do love your wife and your kids. You keep that up, because I guarantee you, you're going to wake up having a job, no wife and kids. And by the way, being a husband and dad sometimes means get up off your butt and get a job. 
I know some of you are like, oh, that's mean. In this economy, <laughs> there's jobs. I'll, I'll sling manure if I have to. I'm going to take care of my family. I'll be working at McDonald's. I'll be going, do you want me to biggie size that for you? Because if I'm taking, I'm taking care of my family, that's part of providership. That's part of leading the example. But ladies, I want you to understand. I want to tell you something. Look what it says. As that quote goes on, it says this. A father's involvement with his children is powerfully contingent on the mother's attitude towards him. So ladies, let me ask you this. What are you saying about him when he's not there in front of the kids? See, because those things go together. Honor. I, 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 in my home, it's a partnership. We're a team. We work together. Now, I, I praise God I have a wife. There's no way I could raise daughters on my own. Are you kidding me? My daughters would be walking, hey, how you doing? My name's Danielle. You know, it just, <laughs> it'd be wrong. I know it would be. I, I mean, there are times in my house that I know even when I say something wrong, I'll say it, and both my son are like, wait, we thought it was funny, and the girls are like, no, not funny, right? I need my wife. I need her not just to be a husband, but as a dad. We need each other. We need to be single men. You need to learn to love kids. That's how I got the first date with my wife. I was taking care of this girl's baby. So we hold him out like it. She's like, that man loves kids. What's up? I'm like, would you like to go out? <laughs> Single ladies, look for a man that does that. If he doesn't, don't marry him. Don't marry him. If he doesn't know how to love, struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Now, I'm not saying that you have to like kids, okay? Everybody's like, but I don't like kids. Sometimes I don't either, and I'm a dad. That's why I told you I like to go on those long motorcycle rides. I do that because I love my kids. I want to honor him. I also want to be a godly friend. I want to take a stand as a friend. Look what it says, Proverbs 12, 26. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Man, it's time to stand up to your friends and tell them they're being stupid. If you've got a guy that's walking around or sleeping around on his wife, it's okay to look at him and go, moron. Okay, that's wrong. You've got friends that are out drinking and driving, tell them they're dumb, wrong. Because God, look what it says in Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. I would rather have certain people hold me accountable than people that I don't know. I'll listen to someone that's a friend. If I don't know you and you come up and start telling me something that I'm doing wrong, I'm really going to probably blow you off. Because there's no investment in that. God uses friendships. God uses godly men to speak to each other. John 15, 13. Remember, Jesus is our example. As husbands, we're supposed to lay down our lives like he did for the church. Look what this says. And here it is. How to measure the greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You know, sometimes it means sacrifice for friendship. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, that means you sacrifice the friendship. If they're doing something wrong. Especially if they're asking you to walk away from your, your, your duties as a husband and a father. Those come first. But there's one thing that comes even further before a husband and a father, and that's being a follower of Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing that we as men are called to be. If you can't follow, you can't lead. If you can't follow Jesus, you can't lead your homes. You can't lead your wives. You can't lead your children. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 11.3. Guys, this is to us. It says, but there is one thing I want you to know. A man is responsible to Christ. A woman is responsible to her husband, and Christ is responsible to God. Man, you're responsible to Jesus for your family. 
and your wives and your kids. When you go to stand before God, he's going to look at all of that, not just what you did. I want you to know, I will never, ever, ever sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. I love being a pastor. I love dealing with people. But if you come to my house with a problem and I'm with my wife and kids, I guarantee you, wife and kids will win over you. I've heard people say, well, how can you be a pastor? Easy. They'll be there tomorrow. I've only got so much time with my wife and kids. Guys, you need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to honor him with who you are as a husband. You need to honor him as a father. You need to take a stand. Now again, I want to remind you, taking a stand and being godly does not always mean you are nice. I want to know where this malarkey came into our church where it said being a nice guy is what God wanted. He wants godly men. He wants godly men. He wants people to take a stand. Like I said, it's the full armor of God, not the silk suit. He wants us to be prepared for battle. I had a great day the other day with my son. I went to San Francisco. I took him with him. We rode the bar. I mean, it was awesome. See, I cherish the moments that I get with each one of my kids like that. But there was one more point in time. I'm going to be flat out honest that he said something to me that kind of stuck with me. And, and we were having this conversation, and all of a sudden he goes, you know what, Dad? You know, the best thing I can do for my kids is to be a godly man. I said, yes, it is. He said, the best thing to do for my wife is to love Jesus. I said, yes, it is. And in the same t- moment that we were having this conversation, someone stepped on the BART and made an announcement. Kind of took me off guard. It was one of those announcements. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm thinking, oh, he's blowing up the BART. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking this is happening. And I'll be honest with you, as a father, I got excited because I saw my, ton- my son make a fist and turn. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Because sometimes that means we as men, godly men, have to turn and make a fist. And sometimes it's at Satan saying, back off. These are my people. You know why? Because Jesus did. Jesus to the point where he died. Guys, some of you in here haven't even said yes to Jesus yet. How can you love your wife the way you're supposed to? How can you be the dad that you're supposed to? You know what? I can't. I'm jacked up. I'm human. But I serve and follow a God that is way stronger than I will ever be. And that God lives within me because of who Jesus Christ is, because of his death and resurrection. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I pray weekly for the men of the body of Christ to stand up and take a stand. To lead. Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. There's some of you here, I know that you're single women or, or you're married and your husband's not here. I want you to understand, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying. Now, girls that are single, that doesn't mean you date them into the kingdom. <laughs> well, he might become a Christian someday. <laughs> no, 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 no. Unless he is, you don't. You don't. Single guys... I believe that the reason that maybe you don't have the woman in your life that you want is because you're not the man God wants you to be. Why would, you give, why would he give you a woman that you're going to mess up? Be the, become the man of God that you're supposed to be. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I walked away from the relationship I had with my wife. I'm going to just throw this in there. We had been dating, 
and I wanted to marry her, so you know what I know what I did? I broke off the, our, our relationship. I quit seeing her because I knew that there were things in my life that I needed to get right with God, and it hurt her. I know it did. But you know what? Because I was a man and took a stand against the things that were wrong, I've been married 17 years. I've been married 17 years. Now, this is the thing. This is the thing. I believe each and every one of you has the same ability. You just got to get the guts to take a stand. And it's not your guts. It's Jesus within you. The Greek words called it thumos. It's your courage. I challenge you to do that. Let's, let's, I want you to bow your heads. Close your eyes. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.